We all face times of desperate need. Every single person here will face a time of desperate need. Every single one. Say this. Say even me. Say that. Exactly. Everybody here. Someone may say, well, I didn't say even me because I've dodged the bullet now for this many years. And so far, life's been on a a gravy train. I I mean, if there is anybody that's like that, I I doubt it. But if there is, I want you to know it's coming. And it's going to be big. And it's going to be a trial. And it's going to be huge. And it's going to be tough. And you're not going to know what to do. And and you're going to be in a situation like she was where someone died. Or your kids are missing. And you don't know what to do. I'm telling you, it's coming Everybody, you've got to realize that if you're going to know how God works, you've got to know this. We all, at some point in our lives, are going to face a desperate situation. You'll not understand how God works until you understand this. I'm not talking about bad luck. I'm not talking about some random thing that happens. I'm not talking about tough break. I just had a tough break. No, no, no. Listen, there's no such thing as, as circumstance in the sense of just, well, I don't know. It just happened and it, you know, it was just one of those things and it was lucky. No, no. God doesn't work that way. There is a God who rules the universe and he has appointed each person a season of adversity. Several seasons. Of adversity. Several. In fact, that's a note, I think. We need to switch that. My man up in the balcony. Is that, is that a note? Is that in your notes? Yeah. There is a God who rules the universe. And he's appointed for each person a season of adversity. So let's look at the story. Look at verse 1. And there cried a certain woman to the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah said, Thy servant, my husband, is what? dead is that pretty big that's pretty big i mean here this woman has come to a place of desperate need her husband just died and then she says listen in addition to that i'm in great debt i mean we had some serious debt issues and 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 they're foreclosing on my house and, and and i and i can't pay the bills and so old testament law said that you the creditors could come and take your children Put him into slavery and take you and sell you into slavery to pay your debt. How many of you are glad you don't live in Old Testament times because you got a little debt? <laughs> That's right. This is a very big season of adversity for this lady. She is in desperate need and she comes to a place where she says, listen, this is my situation and, and, and this is what I'm going through and, and I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. And the temptation in times like this is to say this, where is God in all of this? How could a God who loves me allow this to happen? Where is God? Here's the answer. Ready for the answer? He's very close. He's very, very close. Look at this verse in Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is nigh or near would be a a good word today near unto them that are of a broken heart god's right there if you're hurting if you're struggling if you're sick if you're lonely if you're desperate god says i'm right there and i'm gonna save you if you're of a contrite heart this morning i'm very very 
close. Don't ask the question, where is God? You know where I am in time of need. I'm right there by your side. Right there. He's very, very close. There is a way that God is near when I'm going through a hardship that is unlike any other time in my life. Speaking to a mom this morning who's recently had a miscarriage. Those who have lost jobs in our church. I'm deeply impacted by families who are going through hardships in our church, trials in our church. Cancer is a word that is in our church constantly there. We, 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 it's always seems to be a, a, a word. Uh, if you listen to the prayer line, you know this because you, you never listen to the prayer line where you don't hear the word cancer. Ever. This week, there were some days we mentioned cancer three times. I'm so thankful this morning that Sonny Dunn is here. Hallelujah. Some of you know Sonny, obviously. Others don't. But Sonny walked into my small group Wednesday night, our small group, and he was walking slow. He wasn't walking very fast, but he was there. God's been blessing him and helping him, touching him through prayer and through the, through the, you know, the healing hand of God. God's, God's working in his life, but he's hurting. He needs God to work in his life. Chris Hall needs God to work in her life. Many that are sick today and hurting and struggling, listen, they realize this. That everyone is going to face a desperate situation. Number two. The second thing you've got to understand. If you're going to understand the ways of God. And how he works is this. Secondly. In those difficult times. God needs only what I have. In those difficult times. All God needs is what I have. That's all he needs. You've got to understand that. If you're going to know how God works. You've got to first understand. We all face times of desperate need. And in those times of desperate need, God needs only what you have. Look at verse number two of our story. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Pause. You ever been there? Don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. What shall I do for thee? And I just don't have an answer. I really don't know what to say. I, I mean, I, I've been there. Have you been there? I just, it's just like silence. I, this morning when I called Mike Coop, or rather he called me, finally got a hold of me. And it was about 8.45 this morning. And I slipped into the, the prayer room back here. And I, and I said, Mike, Mike, how are you? Silence. Mike. Mike, are you there? Mike, what can we do to help? And finally. It's just overwhelming, preacher. You ever been there? Where you don't really know what to say? I've got some good news for you. I've got a verse, Romans 8, 26. Look at this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray or how we ought to pray. God, I don't know. God, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to present this to you. It's so big. It's so huge. It's so overwhelming. God, I really don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit says, I do. I got your back on this one. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God says, when you don't know what to say, I know exactly what to say. When you don't know what to do, I know exactly what to do. When you don't know how to pray as you ought, I know how to pray. And I will pray for you. And I will ask God to help you. Isn't that wonderful? 
Ma'am, what can I do for you? Silence. And then finally he says, what hast thou in thy house? What do you have in your house? Well, she answered the question. She said, I don't have anything. Well, it's kind of a dumb question. I mean, my husband's dead, so I don't have a husband. They're coming to get my children because I, 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 I owe everyone. I don't have anything of value. I've sold everything to try to keep my house. Well, I got this. The last thing I've got is I've got a, I've got a pot of oil. We don't know if that oil was cooking oil. It doesn't tell us what it was. We can, we can guess. Was it, was it a perfume oil? I don't know. I just know this. It was the only thing she had of any value. That's all she had. The only thing she had of any value. And so she said, I really don't have much, but I do have this little pot of oil. Listen to me, church. The answer to the problem that you have is something you already have. The beginning to the solution of your desperate need begins with what you already have. You already have what you need to bring you the solution that God wants to give you. This principle is all throughout the Bible. I'm not making this up. This isn't just like a one-story situation. This is everywhere in the Bible. Listen, believe me, when I say in these difficult times, God wants only what you have, it's, it's a principle of Scripture when it comes to God working in your life. Let's start with that pot of oil. What about the feeding of the 5,000? I mean, look at the story. It's on the screen. Here's the disciples. Ready? We got 5,000 people to feed. This is a brutal situation. It's getting chaotic out there. Listen, God, we are going to have a riot on our hands. Send them away. Let's get rid of them, God. These people are crazy. They got to go into the country and, and into villages and let them get their own bread, God. These people are maniacs. They don't have anything to eat, God. People get crazy when they get hungry. So God, let me tell you my way, God. My way is get rid of them. That's my way, God. It's my suggestion. You're asking my opinion, God. Send them away. It's their problem. A bunch of poverty-stricken, worthless people. The attitude of some Christians, by the way. The attitude. You ever seen the attitude? The attitude comes out. We just want what we want. We're uncomfortable. We don't like this situation. This is kind of scary. Hey, God, let's just get out of this situation. But here's what God says. He says, give them something to eat. Well, when God says that, they get sarcastic. (laughs) God, Jesus, you are so weird. You, You want us to give up? Look, I just told you we don't have, what do you want us to do? Sarcasm. Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Okay, well, if you want us to just sprinkle a little food dust over them. Thirty-eight. How many loaves do we have? Oh, great. So we got 5,000 people starving to death, and you want to know how much food we got. We got nothing. God said, well, go ask. All right, just everybody on this illustration say no. Illustration. Uh, you got anything? You got anything? You got anything? Uh, I got three. I got 4,997 more to go. You got anything? You got anything? You got anything? How many of you want me to stop now because you got the picture? 
4,999 people. No, 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 no. I got this one little ragamuffin kid. He's, he's poor as the hills. He's sitting on the grass. He's got ratty clothes on. Hey, you got anything? He pulls out a little brown paper bag. This is the only kid that's got anything of the whole crowd. And so the answer is, well, we got five loaves and two fishes, God. You asked, we asked, now what are you going to do? And God says, that's all I need. I just need what you have. We'll take five loaves and two fishes and we'll feed 5,000 people. And that's exactly what God did. Because God only needs in difficult times what you already all throughout the scripture you'll find it over and over and over again this is how god works in the gospels jesus healed people didn't he didn't he heal people Did, how many of you read about how jesus healed people in the gospels have you read about it? it's amazing can i tell you how he didn't heal them he didn't go around the villages with a bell ringing it saying who wants to be healed checking on folks that are sick anybody want to be healed raise your hand if you want to be healed just let me know if you want to be healed we'll come by and heal you wasn't how God worked. If you notice in Scripture, God healed people who came to him. They came to him. They did what they could do. They touched him. They came to him. They cried out, oh, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. And he healed those ten lepers. But they always came to him. He healed those who came to him. This is how God works. So if God's way of healing my situation is through what I have, then what exactly do I have? Can I give you a short list? Number one, you, you, you got a Bible. You've got God's word. <laughs> Amen? You have the word of God. I, by the way, that's pretty good. God said, I'm going to give you my word full of promises. <laughs> Full of things that are going to be amazing to you as you read my word. I'm going to open you up to some things you've never seen or heard. I've got promises in this book. <laughs> I mean, thousands of promises. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Number two, I have prayer. I have prayer. You just asked Sonny Dunn this morning what, what he attributes his being here this morning too. He's got his hand up because he knows what I'm going to say. He can't say it too loud because his, his voice has been affected a little bit by some of the things he's been through. But I'll say it for him. He says, preacher, it's prayer. It's prayer. That's why I'm here. It's prayer. Keep on praying, preacher. Tell the people to pray. Just pray, preacher. Keep it on the prayer line. We got prayer. How many think it's pretty good we can talk to the God of the universe anytime we want to? Amen? I've got some good Christian friends. i got dude here. His name's dude, by the way. Give me a hug, dude. Hey, did you text me this week? Yes, I did. He did. What would you tell me when you texted me? Is this a roundabout? Uh, had a breakthrough uh, last week. Had a breakthrough last week. And you shared it with a, a friend. Right? A brother. A brother. Yeah. Thank you, dude. I love you, man. He just shared it with me. He said, preacher, I had a breakthrough this week. I said, man, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Isn't that great? You see what I'm saying? We got friends. We've got people we can go to and talk to and share. Teammates. 
Number four, we have a church. I got a church. I can go to church, man. I can go to church and get encouraged. I can be in a small group. I can get in community. I can, I can find me 10, 12, 14 people and meet in the house during the week and just say, hey, I need you guys. I'm really struggling. Man, listen, I've got some problems in this area. Would you pray with me? I've got that. When I come to church, I've got that kind of community here. Number next and finally, I have a pastor. Somebody that just at times I need to go to and just talk to about situations and maybe just, just know that he, he's, in, he's in the know and he's praying for me and he, he, he's connecting with me. You know, some of you, uh, just an illustration, I thought about this, just sometimes we get desperate in our finances and lately I've just been burdened about this because Carol Ann and I learned in our marriage a long time ago the importance of tithing. We realized, you know what tithing is? Can I tell you really what it is? We don't have to get technical, Old Testament, New Testament. Truth of the matter is, in the New Testament, it's, it's never 10%. It's always way more than that. But let me just tell you what it is. It's putting God first. Carol Ann and I have learned, we've taught our children, Mo, Joe, Zoe, and Chloe, and Glo, but Glo, obviously when I say her, you understand there's a disability there, but we've taught our kids, put God first in your finances. Give him what you have, and he'll do great things. God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. A lot of people don't believe that. So we have dozens of people. We have people on staff that I'm just finding out don't believe that. And I've got to deal with this stuff. And it breaks my heart because I'm thinking, I, this is so important. It's so important to put God first in your finances. If we're not giving that tithe, we can't expect God to work. Because God says, first of all, give me what you have. And, and we say, well, God, I've, I've, got, I've got this. This is what I've got. This is what you've asked for, 10%. I give it to you, and God says, that's all I need. I can take, I can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. God says, watch me go to work in your finances. Number three, according to this story and other stories in Scripture, God does, when he works, God does only what we can't do. God does only what we can't do. Look at verse three. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. All right, woman, I want you to go and take that one vessel, and I want you to put it away and go borrow empty vessels And don't borrow a few. Borrow as many as you can. This is strange. To me, this is the strangest verse in the whole passage. I mean, come on. This is a little insensitive, God. The woman's husband just died. She's in a bad situation, and you want her to go out and borrow vessels. I mean, can we just get real for a second? All right. I'm going to go. Yes, oh, I'm sorry to hear about your husband. I'm so sorry. I've heard about, listen, I know things are rough. Uh, Listen, yeah, it's been tough. Uh, uh, You got any vessels I can borrow? Vessels? Yeah, I just, I know it's weird. I know. Listen, I've got a lot of bigger problems than this one, but I I need to borrow some vessels. Can you imagine what they must have been thinking? First of all, am I going to get these back? (laughs) 
Like, this is, I mean, I know they're foreclosing on her house. I've seen the signs in the front yard. This lady's in desperate situation. She's wanting to borrow. She's, I mean, she's not too good at paying back. You know, her husband's dead. Her kids are about to be taken away. She's wanting to borrow vessels from me. This is how God works. He only does what we can't do. Go borrow some vessels. And so this woman goes out and she borrows as many vessels as she possibly can. This seems so strange. Why did Elijah direct the woman to collect jars? Couldn't God have, I mean, how many of you believe God's big enough that he could have just snapped his fingers and there could have been a thousand jars in the house? That's what I say, God. God, listen, bless her heart. I mean, I know she's got two legs and she can walk and she can knock on the door and I know she can ask for vessels, but God, can you just do like the snap your finger deal? That's a good one. Just snap your finger, heal the cancel. Snap your finger, give us a million dollars. Snap your finger. God, you you good at snapping your fingers, God. You can do anything. You can walk on water, walk through walls. You're like omniscient. That means you're everywhere, God. This is, you're incredible. Go knock on doors and borrow vessels? Remember, we're trying to understand how God works. My way is not God's way. God only does what we can't do. Our prayer should be, God, do for me what I cannot do for myself. That's what our prayer should be. God, do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's God's part. He only does what we can't do. Sometimes it's hard to know how much to do. Look at verse 4. And when thou come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. Sometimes it's hard to know how much to do. I mean, have you ever been there? Like, I, I know I need to do something. I just don't know how much to give, how much to do. How, how far should I go? How much is my part, right? How much is my part? It's tough to understand that sometimes. And so what we have to do is realize that sometimes we just, we just don't know. Sometimes it's hard to know how much to do. I know that when we had the roof project, you know, and we, we tried to raise the, the $20,000 that Brother Matt announced the victory for, right? I'll be honest, I didn't know how much to ask for. I just, we were sitting in a room and I said, I don't, I don't know how we're going to raise $20,000 in a couple of three weeks, but let's just take the number 23, and this is what the Lord told me to do. I mean, I, it, it, it was kind of my idea, but I mean, honestly, I was scared because I thought, okay, 23 bucks. I'm thinking, okay, everybody can do that, right? Or not everybody, but most people. Then 230, I thought, well, we'll put this number on. Then 2300. Well, we did all that, and we had a lot of folks that weren't able to give what they put down, and or didn't give what they put down, and I understand that happens, and, 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 and so we were at about 15,000, 16,000, and I didn't really know what to do, so I was about to pick up the phone. I mean, you don't know what to do. What do you do? So I'm, I'm thinking, well, I guess I pick up the phone and just call and start asking people. And before I could do that, I got a text message, or I can't remember if it was a phone call, text message, but somebody just called and said, hey, how are we doing on the roof project? And I said, well, we're almost there. Well, we're a little short, but we're, we're getting there. I got, 
don't give anything yet if, you, if you're going to get it. I said, no, 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 no. Just, we want to give whatever doesn't come in. I said, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, just, we'll just do the rest. And I'm like, you're cool. <laughs> you knew I was going to call them, didn't you? You knew. And God says, yeah, just have faith. Sometimes it's best not to pick up the phone and do what you want to do, but just let me lay it on their hearts. This is how God works. But isn't that hard sometimes to know? My tendency is just, you know, to try to take it to my own hands and figure it out. So it is hard sometimes to know how much am I to do. Let me give you this note. I know I'm trying too hard when, number one, I feel tired and spent rather than being filled with peace and contentment. I'm trying too hard when I'm tired and spent. And you know, sometimes I get that way. And you know what being tired and spent produces what? Frustration. Right? And we just want to give up. And we're like, you know what? Who cares? Or they don't care. Or I don't even care anymore. And we just get, because we're trying to do too much. Instead of just having a peace. Number two, I know I'm trying too hard when I'm praying about how and when and not what. I know I'm trying too hard when I'm praying about, God, this is how I need you to do it. This is when I need you to do it. Listen, you can pray what all day long, but, but leave the how and when to God. When we start determining that whether or not this is really going to happen based on exactly how it happens and when it happens, we get frustrated. I had someone after the first service come to me and say, Preacher, that point helped me more than anything because I've been asking God to do something, but I've been putting a time frame on it. And God just keeps missing it. He hasn't met one of my deadlines yet. Kind of like these weirdos that say, Jesus is coming back on this day. And it never happens. (laughs) And so we spend $8 billion buying their book. And they get rich and go on cruises every week. Whenever somebody predicts when the Lord's coming back, don't even buy the book. Because no man knows the day of the hour. You know when he's coming back? When he wants to. All we need to do is just say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. We know you're coming. Just come when you're ready. So we get frustrated. Number three, I know I'm trying too hard when I'm losing my joy over one thing. I'm trying too hard when I lose my joy over one thing. In other words, I've got all this good stuff going around. I've got everything. I mean, God has been so good, and yet I am mad because of one thing that's not going right. One girl, one boy, one man, one situation, one one deal is consuming me, and I'm so frustrated because this isn't working out. I'm trying too hard. What I need to do is stop and say, you know what, God? Have your way. You've been so good to me. God, you're so good. I'm just going to trust you more. And then number four, and I'm done. If you're going to understand God's way, you must understand God fills only what we offer to him. God fills only what we offer to him. Look again at our text as we close. Let's go back to verse 4, if you don't mind. And when you come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. 
And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. We're all done, Mom. They're all filled. And the oil ceased. God only fills what we offer. So guess what? Give him everything. Every burden, every problem, every situation. God will only fill what you bring to him. And can I tell you what a picture, what oil is a picture of in Scripture? Oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. That's why we sang a moment ago, I surrender. I surrender all. God, you can have it all. It's yours, God. You can have it, God. I, I trust you, God. It's, you're in control. You're sovereign over all things, God. And I'm going to let you fill everything in my life. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going I'm I'm to do, Lord, what I, I know that I'm able to do. But, God, I'm going to trust you for the rest. What are some excuses that maybe she could have used for not filling all those vessels? First of all, I don't think any of us would have, would have really judged her if she would have said, I'm too overwhelmed. How about you? You think that would have been okay for her to say that? I mean, for me, it would, I, I would have. Listen, I, I can understand. No problem. No problem. Your husband just died. You're about to lose your house. I'm just so overwhelmed. Maybe she could have said, you know, I'm just too busy. They're about to foreclose on my house. I've just got so much going on. I just don't have time to mess with this stupid stuff. Go get vessels. Maybe she could have said, it just doesn't make sense. You want me to go knock on doors and gather jars. This just doesn't make sense, God. You know, I'll be honest with you. As I think about the ministry here at Gospel Light Baptist Church, if you've been here for any period of time, it's, it's, it's amazing. But that's how God's worked here. It just really hadn't made sense because I'll be honest with you. When I heard this week that Hendricks College got $26 million, anybody heard that? Am I the only one? Yeah, obviously, I'm, 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 I'm looking for money, so I find people that give it, right? Hendricks College got a one-time gift of 26 mil. I'm thinking, God, that's it. If you're listening, that's it. That's, that's it, God. That's a really good way to help us. <laughs> and I think about how my perception of God working has always been, God, you can knock this thing out. It could just be, it makes sense to me for you just to do it this way or to do it this way, God. Just, just, just get it done. And, and, and yet, it hit me this morning as I was finishing up this message. It didn't hit me before, and I've been working on this message for three weeks. But it hit me this morning as I was kneeling at my desk and, and, and pouring into this message some final prayer. God said, Eric, why don't you just trust me? Because, and it's, I don't, I'm not saying I heard this verbally, but it's almost like, I'll probably end up giving you a few million one day. But you know, I really haven't done too bad just the way it's worked out now. I got to thinking about this auditorium, 14 acres in the city, 100 classrooms, a Spanish church, a gymnasium, parking lots, a college, a school, a church. I got to thinking, God, you know what? You've done pretty good. You've done pretty good with what we've, we've given you. It's not like we're rich and we don't yet have an overflow, but God, you know, you, you've done pretty good. And God wants us to know this morning that, that he may not work the way that, that makes sense to us, but God will work as we are able to understand how he works. I don't know what you've written on this piece of paper, but I've written some things. And this morning, the altars were full with a small crowd. 
of people just saying, God, have your way. Here they are. Here it is. Here's, here's my cancer. Here's my sickness. Here's my wayward son or daughter. Here's my situation that I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm consumed with this. I don't know what to do. God, I'm going to surrender and say, God, have your way. I've got several things on this prayer list that I just need God to work. And I'm, no, no more of my terms. I'm desperate. I've got situations that are difficult. That's part of it. But I, I'm determined that after I do what I can do, that I'm going to simply give this to God and surrender and say, God, you fill it. You, you take care of the need. What about you? Got anything on that list? Know anybody with cancer? Know anybody today that is desperate for help? Is it you? Is it someone you love? Is it a financial situation? Write it down. And as we come this morning and as we surrender, just give it to God. Let's bow our heads, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed. We're offering these things to God as he, and he's going to fill our needs. He is going to fill the needs that we have in our life. He is going to meet the needs that we have. Let's offer to him our vessels right now. Fill them, God. Fill them. Fill them, God.